Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. In 1996, a Canadian mining company, Briex, announced that they had a huge discovery of gold in Indonesia. The stock almost overnight went from pennies a share to over $280 a share. The total value is somewhere close to $7 billion in today's dollars. It was booming and everybody was in on it. But in reality, what was happening was as the lead geologist, as he was doing the drilling samples down in the rock, was taking his wedding ring of gold and shaving off little small samples to distort the sample size. Before long, once it had finally been discovered, thousands of people and billions of dollars had been lost because of fake and fraud. The Bible itself isn't immune to fakes and frauds, right? There's Judas, but today's text from Isaiah chapter 57 lets us know that the reality is fakes and frauds are everywhere, even amongst God's own people. What are we to do today about the fact that our hearts are driven toward wanting to appear outwardly one way when inwardly we are actually something else. The charade, listen, isn't so much about fooling others as the reality is we're fooling ourselves. Right? We think that we're okay because we play the game so well. But the reality is we're deceived. Our hearts are rebelling about the thought that a religion or good works can't save us. Right? We're deceived because we think that somehow the good things that we do will somehow satisfy God enough that He would accept us. And so the reality is we try to fill our lives with all of these things, looking for the next gold sample, right, to distort things enough that our lives appear well and good. But on the reality is there's actually something else deeper. Maybe you've been there and you've had moments where you've thought like, God, if I ever make it through this, I won't do that again. The text today is actually going to come to that place for the people. Verse 10 says they come to this point in which they almost say, you know what, God, that's enough. I'm done. It's hopeless. I can't keep going on. I can't keep living like this. I can't keep this up anymore. And then Isaiah records that it just seemingly that moment of hoisting the white flag, they or we stop. And we go back on with our fake and our fraud. And the reality is, for many of us, that's the truth. We have those moments, maybe in a Sunday service, or when we hear God's Word, or the moment when God pricks us, but the tendency is to grab our mask as the curtain falls on another Sunday service, and we run back out for business as usual. We need to ask this morning, can we escape this? Can we escape a heart like this? Why? Because fakes and frauds are destined to be. But only Jesus can set you free. Fakes and frauds are destined to be. But only Jesus can set you free. But the truth is from Isaiah 57, but fakes and frauds you don't have to be. Because in Isaiah 57, the faithful God sets the faithless free. The hope today is is that, listen, a fake or fraud you don't have to be. Because in Isaiah 57, the faithful God sets the faithless free. Freedom from what? Well, freedom from brokenness and pain. Freedom from our sins. 
A freedom to praise. A freedom that is forever, Isaiah shares. Listen, it's this hope that comes there. But Isaiah kind of follows this pattern in today's text. It's almost like an A, B, A, B pattern. The A is the righteous, and he's going to talk about what comes for the righteous after death. And then there's the B when the drum seems to hit, and the reality is there's lots of fakes and frauds. He swings back to show us what the family of the faithful looks like. Again, the the A. And then as the text closes, he finishes out with a B of where they're headed for all eternity. Today's text, though, starts with a place that might be raw for us. Given the situation and things that have happened in the community and what the Jewell family has experienced, I want to be wise in what I share this morning because of the text that is going to be before us, specifically in the first two verses. And given that, um, I thought it was wise that I'm going to stay to my manuscript. These are the words that I wrote Wednesday morning as I was working through this portion of the Scripture for today's sermon. And so because of that, I'm just going to read this morning for a few moments. So you don't think that this is me trying to be reactive or say something into the situation or scenario as I've seen it unfold before me. So join me if you would. Begin in verse 1. Again, this A-B-A-B pattern. The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds who walk in their uprightness. Notice immediately here the balance between the singular and the plural. It speaks about the righteous man. It is true, right? It is true for them individually. But it also speaks about those who are right with God by faith and it calls them devout men. And so death comes to us individually and yet it comes to us all right there's the man but there's also the men so we experience death as individuals yet the reality is we all experience death collectively as a whole the devout word here indicates that these are people of unfailing love it further notes that they are righteous this righteousness means they are right with god and because of that they live differently than the world and notice what happens when they die It seems that maybe no one notices or maybe no one cares. But listen, their death, again, this is why I wanted to read from this this morning because this could be challenging given what's happened. I want you to think I was being reactive, trying to say something. But listen, their death is not an accident. This isn't just the inevitable, oh, that's what happens, we all die. No, the text says something intentional is happening here. Again, I said that permanent peace was available, but this was going to call upon your faith to accept it. You need to hear this today. This is a different perspective on death. Now, I need to make clear that this doesn't mean that every righteous person everywhere will experience this or that this isn't what happens any time a Christian dies. But it should at least cause us to recognize that we don't always understand death as much as we think we do. Because, again, this would be wise. Because the death here, again, I wrote these words Wednesday morning, okay? I want want you to hear this. Because the death here is not an accident, nor untimely. It's intentional. Listen to this text again. The righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men, listen to what he says here, are taken away while no one understands. 
four. This, this is it. That's why, I was, that's why I wrote that statement. Because the death here is not an accident nor untimely. It's intentional. And the reason why I wrote it, because I think that's what the text says. Listen to this. For the righteous man is taken away. God is taking these righteous people out of the world, is what Isaiah is saying. Okay? Why? Look what the text says. For the righteous man is taken away, notice what it says here, from what? From calamity. God, again, we don't always know the time period in which Isaiah writes. We have a, a large spectrum, right? Somewhere in the 700 B.C., right? So it's likely that Isaiah writes here to these people who are going to experience the coming Babylonian captivity. And the indication appears to be from the text that these people are being taken out of the world so they're not going to experience what's going to happen. And listen, watch where the righteous, those who love God, these devout people who have ultimately, we have to say, trusted in Christ. Listen to where it says they end up. He enters into what? Peace. They what? Rest. Now, to get to experience that, that, that's an everlasting name. That's why we've been saying in the previous weeks from God's Word, it's, this is something God can give you that's better than sons and daughters. You can have everything this culture celebrates, a family, the money, the best jobs, the most athletic, the most land, and yet not have Christ, and you will never enter into peace. There will be no rest for those who continue to be fakes and frauds. But how do they get here? Are we all headed there? The reality from today's text and from the entire Bible is that we're all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. And because of that, we deserve to enter into torment, a place of never ending. There's no rest there. But how, listen, the question is, how serious is the condition of the people he's getting ready now to describe? How do you recognize that there are fakes and frauds that are destined to be? And what am I about you? Like, what do you do today if you recognize that you are one of those people? Like, what do you do? Because listen, we all want verse 1 and 2. But Isaiah's going to say that's not the path we're all headed on. We all want to enter into peace. We all want to experience eternal rest. But Isaiah's going to say that's not the path we're all headed on. We're all trying to get to this place of peace and rest. But Isaiah says... Fakes and frauds are destined to be. What's the evidence of a fake and fraud? If you're wondering today, might I be one? Isaiah gives us lots of things, but maybe five characteristics that I would throw at you this morning. One is, there's a dabbling in darkness. Listen to what he says in verse 3. But you draw near, sons of the sorceress, offspring of the adulterer and the loose woman. Sons of the sorceress indicates that they are messing with the occult. Right? There's something happening that they're opening up their control of their lives to an evil spirit. That's what's happening here. And unless you think that this is somehow in a distant land in 700 B.C., I want to remind you of what I shared before in my conversation with a child in primary school that's dealing with those there who are hearing other people talk about calling upon spirits or Ouija board type of stuff. So I want you to realize it's in your classrooms. It's at the register next to you. And it may be in your own home. 
the horoscopes or whatever you're seeking after to try to tell you how your life's going to turn out. So again, we first see that there is a dabbling with darkness, a working with the darkness of this world. Secondly, they believe the world can satisfy. Look at me in verse 5. It says, You who burn with lust among the oaks, under every green tree. This every green tree indicates the Canaanite religion of fertility. And so what they would often do is, is there was sexual immorality that was being practiced. And they would do this. Why? Because they're trying to appease this God that they can't see to somehow act now and let him fertilize their crops and fertilize their wombs. So their sexual act is to to instigate him or to stir him to action. So Isaiah is saying, listen, that they believe the world can somehow satisfy. These other gods can do it. But secondly, look what happens here. Who slaughter your children in the valleys. The sacrificing of, chi- of children to this god Molech was often practiced. Places like 2 Kings 23 and 10, Jeremiah 32 and 35 describe how God is against this type of action. But what they're doing here in slaughtering their children is this God is of the underworld, the God of death. And so what they're trying to do is to offer their children to keep this God of death away from them. Do you see how selfish that is? They're giving their children so that they can keep the God of death away from them. It's like a charm against death. And the reality, you say, Blake, listen, dude, I, I don't know many people that are up for like sacrificing their children in the fire. But we do have to guard against using them as a charm against death. Not against their death, but against our death. Because we often, if we're not careful as parents, as grandparents, right, as, as, as adults, as we look to those we care about, we have a tendency to maybe want to live through them. Like it's not always bad passions, right? We want them to go further in sports or in academics or in, in business or in life. or We want them to experience and have all these things that we didn't have. But if we're not careful, our relationship can end up riding upon their performance. And when it stinks in school or when it stinks on the ball field or when it stinks at the musical performance or when their job's not going well or their marriage or whatever, man, we can end up to a place of like, listen, we don't want to talk to them or we force them to go practice for hours or study until their hands bleed, right, or do this till their hands bleed, whatever it may be. Why? Because deep down we ourselves want to live forever and we often think our best chance to live forever is through them, accomplishing all these things that we never could. But the truth is, from Isaiah 57, verse 5, the world couldn't satisfy in 700 B.C. It still won't satisfy you in 2019 A.D. It won't. No matter what you're trying to do. Third, these people, again, these fakes and frauds, will go anywhere to get it. Look what it says beginning in verse 6. Among the smooth stones of the valley is your portion. They, they are your lot. To them you have poured out a drink offering. You shall, you, sh- you have brought a grain offering. Shall I relent for these things? Verse 7. On a high and lofty mountain you have set your bed, and there you went up to offer sacrifices. Again, this is all of this messing with these false gods. And if you're with us in Sunday school today, we're talking about how a lot of this, right? Solomon brought this into God's people as he began 700 wives, these 300 concubines, right? I mean, he began to create all of these idols amongst the people of God for them to worship. And one of them was Molech, the God that they sacrificed children to. He's trying to appease all these gods and he brings it all in. So listen, they're willing to go anywhere to get it. Look, they're willing to go to the valley or man, they're willing to go to the mountaintop. 
You just tell me, right, what's the next best and greatest thing? They want to be a part of it. If it's at that church, I'll go to that church. When it seems to die there, I'll go to there, right? What's the next best study? What's the fastest growing church do? We should be doing that. I want to do that, right? I mean, it's like, it's like this never ending pursuit. It was in 1821. A Scotsman named Gregor McGregor. Isn't that like a great name? Gregor McGregor, right? We're going to name him. Let's name him Gregor because we don't have enough Gregors in our family. Gregor McGregor. But in 1821, a Scotsman named Gregor McGregor, right? He invented a fictional Central American Republic called the Poyet. And guess what he did? He convinced hundreds of people in Scotland that this place was real. And he had ownership of it. He even goes, as you can see there, this image begins to print his own money. And so they would exchange their, their currency for that one, for this land that they've never even seen. You can see it there on the map where it located there, the location. The beauty of it, listen, his deception was so real. He created in the 1800s a 355-page guidebook to this new land. People were beginning to leverage everything for it. And soon before long, they had ships setting sail. And by the time that these people reached this place and realized they had been duped, most of them could never return back to Scotland. And in fact, history records that most of them died from malaria or yellow fever. Because why? Because we all are destined for happiness. We are looking for that next great carrot and we're willing to go and do anything or get anywhere to get it. This guy had made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because the truth is there's fakes and frauds and they're destined to be. And you wonder, say, well, Blake, how from the text do we know that these people are fakes and frauds? It just appears they've just distorting it. Look what he says. Verse eight. This is interesting. Behind the what? The door and the doorpost. You have set up your memorial. Why have they done it? Look what he says here. Four. Here's the reason why you're doing it. It's about deserting me. What's interesting here, I think significant about the door and the doorpost is that Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 9 speaks to them about keeping God's word. And it writes how that they were to write on the doorposts the doorpost or the gates of their houses, God's word. And oftentimes this is actually what they would do. It was intended to say to everyone who saw it, listen, we write that statement that often maybe it's even above your sink or it's in your home somewhere. Joshua's statement, right? But serve like choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. It appears good above the sink. It looks good on the wall. It looks good on the mailbox. But God says, listen, the reality is Behind that door, behind those drawn shades, behind the curtains, behind the blinds, I know what you're really doing. I know who you really are. And listen, for some of you, maybe that's it. It's on your mailbox or it's on your wall. Maybe it's regular your social media status. And yet nobody sees that secret prescription drug abuse that's wrecking your life. It may look really good on the outside, but the reality is your spouse, your children, those who live close to you know that you're a tyrant in your home. For some of you, listen, you're not hiding behind anything that's on your wall or it's on your, on your mailbox or um, on your social media, but the reality is you're hiding behind that Bible that you carry to church every week, behind that area of ministry that you seem so faithful to serve in because behind all of that lies a heart that is not in love with God. Fakes and frauds. 
according to Isaiah, are destined to be. So what about you today? Are you dabbling with darkness? Are you willing to look anywhere and everywhere to get your happiness? Are you chasing the things of the world, hoping it will somehow satisfy? Maybe you've become an expert hiding it from your parents or from your spouse or from your teachers or from your coach, right, or from your employer or whatever it may be. And maybe somehow today you become so deceived that you think that you're even hiding it from God. If so, maybe this fifth and final marker that Isaiah gives us will ring true for your life as well. Verse 10. You were wearied with the length of your way, but you did. Look at this. Notice this. They became weary. This is what I was saying today in the introduction part. You were wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found new life for strength, and so you were not faint. This reveals the true danger of false religion. This reveals the danger of our own hearts, that we all could come to that place in which we think, listen, you've been there. Some of you have been there. You made deals with God like, God, if you just get me home this time, I'll never drive drunk again. Some of you said, God, if you just get me out of this pit, Lord, I'll never gamble like that again. God, I'll not use the cash advance again. Right. I mean, some of you, listen, you're there and you told your spouse, listen, I promise it won't happen again. I won't, I won't do that again. Some of you, as, as, as you're, you're, you're dating and, and you're, you're making, trying to make deals with God. Like, God, if we just won't be pregnant this time, God, we won't do that again. And the text says that they came to that place, listen, that they were weary. It seemed that they were going to hoist the white flag on this, like no more living like a fake and a fraud. And at just that moment, they just began to walk. Back toward it, back toward it, back toward it. Why? Because this text is telling us there's something deeper going on here with you and with me. And the issue is our hearts. The issue is the hearts, brothers and sisters. We keep telling ourselves, right, and others the lie that we can escape it, we can stop it anytime we want, but there is a heart problem. And today's text says, fakes and frauds are destined to be, but only Jesus can set you free. Because you need to hear this last part of what Isaiah is going to say to realize there's only one person who can truly heal your heart. There's only one person who can take away the desire for the things of the world, the things that have been ruling over you, the things that you're trying to hide and keep back in the closet this morning. It's Christ. It's the power of God. Listen to how He transforms our hearts. Verse 13. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. God says, if you think it's so good, then let them be there for you when you need it. The wind will carry them all off. A breath will take them away. And then this, everything changes right here. Again, this is back A, then there was B, and now back to A. Listen to what he says here. But, but he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. And it shall be said, listen to this, this is beautiful. Some of you think that your position in life is, 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 is no way you could ever escape from it. You, you, you feel that. You, you think you've been in it so long. It's ruled over you for so long. Listen to what he says. And it shall be said, Said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every what? Every obstruction from my people's way. He says, listen, imagine that. Like, I'm going to take every obstacle that would keep them from coming back to me. I'm going to remove it out of its way. 
No obstacle in your life. No credit check. No legal record, right? No past marriage. No secret sin. No lie. No nothing can keep you from the power of Almighty God. And God is doing it. Why? Because we can't do it for ourselves. It's a mighty work of Jesus coming ultimately to set us free. Look what happens here. Verse 15. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and I also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit. Some say, translations render it, oppressed and humbled. Some indicate it's those who are discouraged and humiliated. Look what he does. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite or the humble. This this contriteness, this humbleness, right, being crushed. Some texts indicate there's a crushingness. It indicates that the people are crushed by life's burdens and pains. Some of you are there. You are, you're so stressed. You're so worried. It's crushing you. It's suffocating you. Watch what happens. There's a God who, yes, He dwells on high. He does. Look, I mean, look at the text. He, he dwells in the high and holy place, right? He inhabits eternity. He is high and lifted up. This God is separate from sinners. Right? His name is holy. Right? He is holy and without any sin, without any blemish. And yet this same God who dwells there also, He says, also with. He also desires to dwell with those who are broken and crushed. This is a God. Listen, as Isaiah 53 says, listen, the hope that He was crushed for our iniquities. There is one that's coming to step in your place, to take the ultimate crushing of God that you crushed overwhelmed today there's a god who loves you despite the fact that you can't change your heart he loves you and sent his son to change your heart it's a transforming work by the power of the holy spirit the text indicates that something amazing has happened again we don't have it specifically stated here isaiah is just trying to help us see god's doing something for these people that they could never do for themselves notice it is those who have humbled themselves who have cried out, who have looked to this God. Look what he says further within verse 16. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry, for the Spirit would grow faint before me in the breath of life that I made. God's saying, listen, if I gave you the discipline that you and I deserve, we would be ruined, done. We would cease to exist. He would, he would literally, it would crush us. If God was giving us what we deserved right now, any of us, we would be done. So he says, listen, God knows the exact amount of discipline that we need. He knows the exact of what judgment we ourselves can handle. He says, listen, I know that if I gave that to you, there's no way you'd be able to handle it. And listen, this is beautiful. Why? Because these people, again, are searching everywhere else, everywhere else other than God for their happiness, for their joy, for their peace. They're looking everywhere else other than Him. And yet there is a God who is showing restraint, who is providing mercy. Look further. This freedom from our sins. Look at this, what happens here. Verse 17. Because of the iniquity of His unjust gain, I was angry. Notice what happens here. The sin. What happens with His people? This, this, is, this is some pretty powerful stuff. Starting to reveal to you about who you are and who God is. Have you ever wondered how serious is my sin? Listen to this passage. Because of the iniquity, that's the sin, this is rebellion against God and His Word, of His unjust gain, notice what God says, I was angry. God had anger toward it. I struck Him. God brought discipline. Thirdly, look what it says, 
I hid my face. God stepped away. There was distance. But notice what the text says. He went on what? Backsliding in the way of what? His own heart. God's anger, God's discipline, God's stepping away, and none of that changes the hardness of the human heart. It's not. We need to realize here that there's only one thing that can set us free. Christ must come. There must be, right? I mean, as God's Word says, He has to come and remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. There has to be a transformation. Why? Because we'll never choose God on our own. There has to be a work of Christ coming to change and transform us from the inside out. And listen to this beauty that happens here. I have seen His ways, but I will heal Him. I will lead Him and restore comfort to Him and His mourners. Notice first from the text here in verse 18, God says, I've seen His ways. The man hasn't changed. The people haven't changed. Secondly, though, listen, not only have they not left their sin, look about God. God says, I've seen. God hasn't just turned a blind eye to sin, right? He hasn't decided all of a sudden in a moment, I'm just going to overlook sin. But something happens. Listen to what happens here. But, He says, I will heal him. God heals them. As As I had a friend tell me once, I was blind, but now I see. He will do for you what He's done for me. There's a transformation that this God is bringing. And listen, as He heals them, ultimately healing their heart, right? The hardness of our hearts. He heals it. Watch what happens. Watch the transformation of our lives. I will lead Him. Your life is now in a different direction than it was before. The things that you once tried to pursue, you no longer have the desire for those things because God is transforming your heart. He restores comfort to Him God is comforting them. He's healing them again by their heart, by transforming them. Look further with me. Verse 19, creating the fruit of the lips. God is moving their hearts now to desire to praise Him, to worship Him with all of their lives. Listen, and what's better about this? This is forever. This transformation that God's bringing. Listen to what happens. Verse 19 further. Peace, peace to the far and to the near. God says, peace, this invitation is offered to all people everywhere. Everywhere. Anyone here today, anyone hearing the voice of God, anyone today, no matter what country or place they may be in at this time, when they hear the Word of God and the hope of Jesus Christ, to anyone there is the offer of peace, peace. This hope to all people, this invitation to all people is available because of what Christ will bring. And it transforms the way that we live. It transforms the things that we desire. And this morning, listen, as we come to this deacon election, we're trying to look, and that's part of, of, of the church, as you guys have made nominations, as the deacon body spent time in prayer, we've had further conversations, conversations with, with these men, with their wives. I mean, listen, we're trying to walk as faithful as we can in First Timothy 3. Why? Because we want to be certain to the best of our ability that God is raising up those that He desires to lead and listen, Paul has told young Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, here's some things you need to look for. Right? I mean, how, how do we know these guys are true? Timothy, right again, you had your nomination slip, but if you remember it, you were looking at their behavior. The words they said, the way they talked, double tongue, right? How, their actions. You were to test their beliefs. Had you seen evidence over time that these men were living faithful lives? 
Thirdly, we ask you to focus on his family. Why? Because he talked about their marriage and about managing their household well. Right? So you're to look at their family fourth and last. You were asking the question, serve well, right? I mean, he says those who serve well gain an excellent standing. Have you seen them already serving? And again, we're trying to ask the question, how do we know if these men are true or not? You say, well, why are we talking about just these men? Because Paul said that there are wolves in sheep's clothing that enter the pulpit. If you think there's, you don't think there's preachers that are false shepherds. Do you not think it's also throughout the church? So, so Paul writes to warn of the danger for my heart and for your heart. Wow, look what he says here. It's interesting. He comes back again to the wicked as he closes. But the wicked, he says, are like the tossing of the sea, for it cannot be quiet. And its waters, look what it says, toss up mire and dirt. Jesus pulls on this type of truth in Mark chapter 7 when he speaks about the fact that what comes out of our mouths come from where? Our hearts. And listen to the text as he shares about from within, out of the heart of man come these evil thoughts, right? The hunger for pornography, just the the clamoring of the next click of your remote or the tapping of the screen, right? There's these evil thoughts, this sexual immorality. These men have eyes not only for their wives, but for all kinds of other women and other satisfaction. Are they thieves, right? Maybe not only do they steal, maybe physically like objects, right? I mean, but... The reality is some are trying to steal other people's names with their words, right? To tear them down. Murder, right? Not only physical murder, but Jesus says, listen, if you've looked at someone and you've hated them in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. Are these men haters of others? Their actions and their words toward, right, women who aren't their other wives, right? Because he talks about that, this, this call of adultery and murder, right? He says this idea of coveting comes out like they just constantly desire something more. There's wickedness and deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, right? I mean, there's the tearing down of others in the church and in the community. There's pride. There's foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. He says these things come out, right? And you say, Blake, how might we know about these? Well, look what the text says again. But the wicked are like the tossing. Back in verse 20 of Isaiah 57. But the wicked are like the tossing sea. For, look what he says, it cannot be quiet. You just can't keep it in. If you try to fake this stuff in your heart, it's going to come out. Stop living the fake life. Jesus warns, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. When you see these things, that's what's happening in your heart. If you haven't figured out this morning, everybody in here is a fake and a fraud and we're all in desperate need of Jesus. So if you think this part, this is for the person next to you, Or if you wish so-and-so would hear this, you're missing it. It may be because you are faking and frauding yourself. We are all in desperate need of Christ. He's the only one that can change our hearts. It's the only one that can rescue us. But he says, listen, this wicked, they can't keep quiet. And if you keep there long enough, you'll hear them. They'll start tossing up mire and dirt. Those things out of their hearts will start flowing out. Little words here and there. Little thoughts here and there. Little actions here and there. Why? Why? Look what he says here. Because, look at verse 21. There is no peace for the wicked. They have no peace. And because we have no peace with God, there is always going to be the heart at war with God and heart at war with others. 
So there's finally a place for peace. A place in which God can transform you from the inside out. He can heal your heart. He can lead you in paths of righteousness. He can restore comfort to you. You no longer have to be ruled by your anger. You no longer have to be ruled by sexual addiction. You no longer have to be ruled by tearing other people down. This transformation of the heart, peace, peace to the far and the near, is to everyone here today. Please don't refuse it this morning. Today, are you free? Are you free? Because the Word of God says, if the Son has set you free, then what? You are free indeed. There is hope this morning for anyone here to be free. And it's through the name of Jesus Christ. Because why? You can't heal your heart and I can't heal it for you. No more than you can heal my heart. The only thing that will heal any heart is coming and looking upon the Son of God. Putting your faith and trust in Him. And Isaiah warns, that if you go on living like you're living, he says there will be no peace and no rest for the wicked. But the righteous, those who look to Christ, who trust Him to forgive them and to change their fake and fraud heart, to give the heart of God His love pours in our heart, he says for those people, there will be peace and rest. Where will you spend eternity, beloved? Have you thought about that? I know the curtain's going to fall in a minute. We're going to truck right back out these doors. Do you realize this morning that all of us stand on the precipice of eternity? For any of us, it could be this day, this hour. There's only one who can bring peace to you. There's only one who can provide you eternal rest. It is faith and trust in the Son of God alone. Don't run back out those doors as you are. Come and cry out to God this morning. Peace to you who are far. Peace to you who are near. It is in the name of Jesus. Father, please. Please, God, I know Your Word promises that it will never return void, but always accomplish the purpose for which You have sent it. Father, I pray today that Your Word would do as You have as you see fit. Father, I ask right now that all of us would recognize the fake and fraudness in us. And that we would come and cry out to you to change our hearts. Father, please, would you move upon us today that you would lead us in the path of righteousness. Father, for we all desire to end up having eternal rest and forever peace. And only Christ can bring that. Father, for those today who considered even maybe in this service to hoist the white flag and now are thinking to do otherwise, Father, I bid you, would you speak to them and draw them near? I pray this in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, 
Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.